Hey, Squeezy. Hey, buddy. And welcome back, Radamaniacs. Yeah. We are back for another episode of the Rad Years podcast. And um, the pin sets, the first batch of pin sets went out two days ago. Or yeah, was it, yes- it was yesterday. Wednesday was yesterday. Oh, that pin set. I'm not sure which one you're talking about anymore. Yeah. So the squeezer, the teensy squeezer pin, and the oversized arcade uh-huh. pin. Ah, uh, that's the only time you're ever going to hear that said, folks. <laughs> uh, went out to the first um, bunch. Like we sent, I sent out a bunch of pins yesterday. Like mm-hmm. the you'll get your golden ticket in the mail, and I put in some extra goodies in there. The special surprise summer sticker. And there's very limited amount of sets left, but there are still some sets. You just have to go to radyears.com, complete the five steps, send me the proof. Forgetting to do that. And you will get your Rad Years pin set. Plus the sum, uh, I'll I'll throw in a whole bunch of limited edition 2019 summer logo stickers. It's a three inch round sticker. It came out pretty nice with our uh, popsicle logos on it. All and of them hand-packed by RK himself. A number of them, a few, hand-sealed by Squeezer, because I walked in at the last minute and said, hey, let me do that. I think four? <laughs> Something like that. And you're like, just let me do it. It'll go faster. I'm like, okay. I tried to get... I was I was trying to get you to um, uh, put the pins, your, the Squeezer pins, on the cards yourself, and I was going to take a picture, and I was going to be like, all Squeezer pins were hand-pinned by Squeezer. All RK pins were hand-pinned by RK. But you were busy with real work and... No, I, I, my mom, it was my birthday, so my mom wanted oh, to right. make me lunch. That's true, you, had, you went to your mom's for lunch. It was your birthday. Yeah, but what we could have, yeah, now I'm like in my upper mid-30s. Yeah. I just Damn. had the same problem a week ago or two weeks ago, whatever it yeah. was. But, uh, yes. Yeah, I so... mean, we could have just taken that picture and you could have. we could have lied. We could have lied, but we didn't. We don't, because we have garnered your trust. <laughs> so I, I packed them all. I was running a tiny little operation in our mail room at uh, the office. Um, not not stealing, because... On I, your lunch break. I have a Stamps.com um, account, so mm-hmm. I wasn't... Like, Which, it's an excellent product. Stamps.com for everything you no, need. Oh, well, right now, um, if Stamps.com wants to sponsor the show and give me a free account, that's 20 extra bucks a month I don't have to spend. So go ahead. You can call me up <laughs> at this point. But I do have a Stamps.com We're account. We're selling out, man. That's how, Yeah, we'll sell out. It's just, just like Injustice for All. Right. So the pin sets are out. If you get one, please show it off. Instagram it, Facebook it, tweet it, Snapchat it. And just, you know, wear it out. You know, we're giving you a free set of pins of ourselves because we're narcissists. <laughs> yes. It's cartoon versions of ourselves. Anyway, um, so I talked about putting out a pin set that I was going to charge people for. But it was going to be, I had to be something cool. Right? We're announcing this? Oh, no, it's, I'm just teasing it. Oh, 
Oh, good. The the wheels are in motion. Production has started on the first for sale pin, and it, it doesn't have my face or Squeezer's face on it. <laughs> if you're not even a fan of the show, you could own this pin, and no one would be the wiser. Uh, you are a fan of this show, though. Not this show, but that show. That yes, exactly. Um, it is. It's very cool, and I'll, uh, the the theme. If you get a pin set, I told you, I gave you like a spoiler as to what the theme of the pin set was going to be. I'm not going to say it yet. There's a few of you who could get a pin set left. There's maybe 30, 25 left. If you uh, do the steps, you'll get your pin set and you'll find out what our, um, coming this fall, what our, our pin set for sales, not pin set, it's going to be our first of a line of pins. We're going to do a line, and we might even do some hats and clothes, uh, depending on uh, it's, a, it's a whole theme. I, You've just come into your own on this. The glimmer in your eye when you're like, you wave me in. It's like, hey, check this out. Right. I, I've, I've gone down uh, the rabbit hole on manufacturing and um, the, the joys of it. <laughs> and like, uh, I always... I don't know. I always thought like, why can't like I? This would be really cool. So if it is, you, you, I have the money now. Why don't I make it? Oh, it's awesome. I just, I remember like, hey, we should do snap bracelets one day. And they're like, eh, nah, we got a clothing line coming out. <laughs> yeah, uh, snap bracelets are easy to make, but um, the, the they, the, our logo is just really not currently snap bracelet friendly. Mm. Our logo's yeah. our logo's really not anything friendly. It's way too detailed and colorful and beautiful. <laughs> Everyone just <laughs> complains about it when I'm getting stuff made. They're like, it's gonna cost this much more because it's so detailed and beautiful. Well, if it was the box art to a video nineteen uh, eighties classic video game, it would look great. Right, but if you look at that box art, they used about half the colors we use in our logo. Because I was like, enough. He's got to be holding an ecto cooler, and he needs a, a fucking Mighty Duck starter jacket, and he's got to have a fucking pink stripe what, on his hat. What, you want stripes on his shoes? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, you want the hair poof. Right, I needed an our, our our artist. is She's work. her and I are working on some some things. I mean, I even might bring her into our work work, because we have a new project for work work, like our actual job. Oh, no shit. Yeah, That's awesome. So Rad Years is turning into other work, so. We could actually use that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I am, uh, she's, she's, she designed our logo, our Popsicle logos, and she will design every Rad Years uh, piece of artwork from here on out because she just does a phenomenal job. And <laughs> if you want a t-shirt, t-shirts are, there's about, 15 left of the first run. Um, so go to radyears.com and order your t-shirt today. They're and mostly if, smalls, aren't they? And if you don't want to do the steps, <laughs> there's, I gave away a small to our friend Christy. She came in the office today. So, you know, there's a baby. Yeah, she brought her, her newborn in. So I gave away a small. She was so excited. But um, I was like, I just need to get rid of these. <laughs> it's her and Enchantress are the two who took a small so far. Um but if you order a t-shirt, if you don't want to do the steps, just order a t-shirt and I will pack in two pins with the t-shirt. And there you go. 
I know our, our, our one friend Brian was like, hey, the girlfriend and I want to buy the, the pins because we want to support the show. And I'm like, listen, we want to give these pins away because we're, we're, we, we, we did this. You and I did this for the fans. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. There was no intention of like, it, it felt dirty to like try to make money off of our image. Yeah. Right. We'll make money off of other people's images right. who own the rights to that. Right. That's fine. Yeah. But, but selling selling you cartoon pins of ourselves just seems like, no, well, you could buy a shirt. It's a nice shirt. But if you want the pins, you just... It's a very nice shirt. Yeah, we'll give it away for free. The, the, we, we had to. Um, we did it because now in two almost three years we'll be we're coming up on our, th- our third anniversary squeeze i was just thinking about it. i'm i was i'm not gonna spoil it but I, i'm i'm trying to think of something nice to do for our third anniversary yeah we, we had a big mall might show just, I, I might try something cool or i might just take you out for a nice romantic steak dinner oh that would be that would be yeah, lovely because then that way i get two steaks <laughs> i'd eat part of it yeah but trust me i i can consider it two steaks <laughs> okay so, uh, to to show our gratitude that you guys keep listening every week, we we figured like let's get pins made and just give them give them to you guys. So that's what we did, and that's what we're doing. So radiers.com to get the pins. Uh, Comic Con stuff. How about all that Marvel movie? I it's a, holy shit. They just like here we go. Here's the playbook. Disney's Netflix, not Netflix, but the Disney version of Netflix streaming shows. I'm glad I know I'm already buying it regardless. Yeah, I was going to get it regardless because I don't know. I have not seen this verified by a proper news source, but Kevin Smith said that it will come with every episode of The Simpsons because The Simpsons World on FX now is kind of buggy. It doesn't really work right. Yeah, I always come into problems with that. But to get like a like a reliable streaming of Simpsons is worth the cost of the the disney the, what is it seven bucks six yeah bucks? well initially yeah it'll jump up but, right i mean i but, just i, I think wanted, we're paying I, 75.98 a month for netflix at this point so i mean for roughly 25 to 30 years i've wanted a show like the mandalorian and now i get it and i can buy it in the guise of getting disney princesses for my kids yeah your uh your daughter's um are going to want to watch Frozen on it, even though you own the DVD. Even, I, I, they, I own almost as many versions of that as I do... Uh, no, because I'll never own as many versions of that as I do Aliens. Because there's... Uh, well, good DVD, luck. there's Blu-ray, there's VHS, there's Beta, there's some rip-off digital version I got. I don't know if, if they'll do this or not, but Disney now owns Aliens, and it very well could wind up on that streaming service. That just made me very happy. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, the Alien Queen's a Disney. The the Alien Queen daughter's <laughs> a right, Disney yeah. princess. Yeah. Xenomorph. Uh, um, and then uh, I th- I thought what was really cool was I'm excited for uh, I'm excited for all the Marvel stuff because they can't go wrong. I'm excited for um, the Doctor Strange horror movie that they're apparently making. That's fucking yeah. awesome. I mean, I'll tell you what happened because I know you're a scaredy cat, but I'll see it and bury my face in Enchantress's shoulder while I see it and then tell you what happened. Okay. If that's, if that's true. If that's a good deal. 
Um, the Black Widow movies looks pretty cool because I do like Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. So it's interesting. I everyone was assuming it's gonna be after Infinity War, so they're gonna have to bring her back via whatever happens in Guardians nope, nope. Three because that makes sense. No, it's a prequel. Yeah, or a mid midquill. Midquill. Yeah. It's um, timeline. Which gym. makes, which is to me, I kind of like because it. Uh, look, it, she the, died. It makes her death more impactful than bringing the, her back the, yeah, a little the, while later. The writers of Endgame, Marcus and McFeely, explained that at one point they were gonna switch it and make it um, Ronan who dies, and then they're like, "Don't you fucking dare do that to her! Like she earned this death. Like, yeah, you give this to her." And, like, that would be fucking sexist to have him be the hero man who took her sacrifice away from her. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's it's a good move. And I, I'm a, I'd i love to see, go back and see a story from that timeline that's... Wait, neat. so I don't have to open the door for women anymore because it's sexist? Uh, no, no. Wait, that? If, I, but if a woman... I mean, I do it to be polite. If a woman's trying to kill herself... Instead uh-huh. of you killing yourself, you uh-huh. gotta let that woman do it. All right. <laughs> if you're trying to kill you're yourself, not, you don't have to fight me over this. I'm it, good. I'm I'm a happy boy. It'll be me and you fighting over it. I really don't want to go splat. No, me neither. But she did it. Be... But I would do it to save save you. Unless I'm doing it in a bear costume in the middle of a hockey arena. <laughs> right. I would I would do it to save you and all you and Enchantress and Olive and Shmuff. If I was like saving my Avengers and all my friends, I would do it. Um. So it's me, your and, girlfriend, and, and two cats. And, That's and Enchantress is way more athletic than me, so she would like, kick me in the fucking face and jump off the cliff before me. So she would she would get the the death before me to save the cat. And you and I we'd be running towards the edge, and I would get winded before I'm even like ten yards, fifteen yards away. Yeah, I would stop short and of it. Like, you're not even gonna try. Just, just go, just, just go, go. do it, go. It's go. yours. You got it. <sighs> Eventually, I crawl to the end. Ah. Uh, oh, that's gross. There's blood. Whew. A lot of blood. All right, I'm going to Burger King. Getting a taco. <laughs> Uh, you gonna try that again? Nope. Well, if I it's only if I sacrifice myself. Yeah, yeah, that would be. It, you know, it's like in uh, Major Pain when he breaks the breaks the uh, finger. You know, it's like you you find another way to like, take your mind off the pain. Right. That would be my way of taking my mind off your pain. Ah, uh, that's true. Um. Burger King taco. Uh, what else was uh, the Jan Silent Bob reboot? I already got yeah. my tickets. Jeez, you're on it. It's at uh, so if you want to go, it's only one day at one time. Oh, the uh, intro a, one. I it I I don't think he's doing a lot wide release, but it's a Fathom event. Yeah. Oh, I got scratched my head. You 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 think oh, I'm scratching? Uh, it's so um. You could either go the day it comes out, the 15th of October, or you could do the double feature, which has Jan Saw Bob Struck Back and Reboot. Which I'll just go home after Enchantress falls asleep and watch Strike Back because she's got to work in the morning. So we're just going 15th and seeing Reboot. 
Uh, Mrs. Squeezer tried to get me the actual tickets to the live event. We tried to. Presenting it, and she was there, and then she got distracted by, you know, raising my children. And she was so apologetic. I'm sorry. I tried so hard. And Philadelphia. Out, like, w- w- Philly was one of the first sellouts. It sold out yeah. fucking immediately. I'm like, don't worry about it. You're raising my children. You're getting me tickets to see a fellow fat man uh, introduce. Not true anymore. Own... I know. He's a Stop. skinny boy. Yeah, but now he just looks weird. Him and Penn. What are you guys doing to me? Uh, the fucking uh, the other kid that was in that movie with Leo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Super bad. Yeah, super bad guy. Jonah Hill. So, uh, oh, I was going to actually pull the audio uh, uh, with the whole sea beams and tears in the rain thing. But can I pour one out for my homie with Rutger Hour? Oh, yeah. Blade Runner. Yeah. Very sad. Was he in the next one, 2049? No. I didn't think so. No. That movie was so convoluted and long, I couldn't remember. And glorious. <laughs> sure. And loved every second of it. Oh, oh, I can't. And just imagine what he's gonna do with Dune now. Oh my God, it's gonna be. It's everything I've ever wanted. Meanwhile, I'm going to drool over every masturbatory second of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's bloated fucking seven hour running time. <laughs> I'm thinking, when am I gonna go see this? Because we go to like, I don't know about you. I have to go to the movies at like eleven o'clock at night. Like, right. I go after work. Right. Now, granted, justified, it's one in the morning. We just we haven't even started the podcast yet. But I can't walk in from the movie theater at 4 a.m. with the kids screaming and be like, sorry, honey, I'm tired. I just sat through a movie. <laughs> yeah, I want to see it, but I don't, like, work in life. So I'm going to see how Enchantress feels about seeing it. And, I mean... It would be cool to see in like one of our old school dollar sticky floor theaters. Yeah, but I don't know if he'll make it there. It's it's at the it's at my theater, the theater I grew up with. So Ooh, you are a theater. New Vision, which was Terminate. Yeah. So the one that has beer and chairs. They have beer and chairs, but they they didn't always. And I've I've seen I, I mean seminal classics. Forrest Gump saw it there. Batman Returns, saw it there. Jurassic mm-hmm. Park, saw it there. Deep Impact, saw it there. <laughs> Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, saw it there. X-Men, saw it there. And that's when it sucked to go there. It did suck. It smelled like piss. It was not a pleasant experience. It was one of the like massive theaters. I mean, like a jumbo jet seating. And even the stadium seating, was it wasn't that gradual. Or it was very like, like you yeah, were was, like basically sitting grade. right behind yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah. I I would constantly still go there though. I saw so many movies after like the big theaters in our area open, just because it was right down the street from my house, and I I would just like, oh, I well, want to yeah, see the big ones. The nice ones started taking the crowds away, so you started going to the ones you used to go to because there was no one there anymore. Right. So I I saw like all the Nolan verse movies there. Um. When I went to United Artists and we played handball in, during dirty work because half of the front of the seats were ripped out and there was only three of us in the entire building. What, at the Eric? Uh, the one by the prison. Yeah, the Eric. There, yeah. Was, there was a United Artists at Truxtertown. That's where I saw Batman 89 at. But then that closed down and then the Eric was the last UA. That's where I saw two movies. 
Beavis and Butthead Strike Back. No. Uh, Beavis and Butthead do America. Beavis and Butthead do America. <laughs> it's almost, it's one in the morning, people. Beavis and Butthead do America and Howard Stern Private Parts. We haven't even started yet. We haven't even started our topic yet. And we're a beautiful 20, we're only 20 minutes in. We're doing fine. Oh, it feels like, uh, we're getting so efficient in our babbling about ourselves. We are. <laughs> Well, we're we're talking about Comic Con and uh, Val Kilmer, uh, my doppelganger, is in Jansaw and Bob reboot. I know he looks so handsome. Now, I, he, uh, the the poor bastard. This is a sweet story. Kevin told how he got in it. So he was doing uh, some sort of a show. I wasn't being mean about that. I'm like I'm a Val Kilmer. No, 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 no. You, I, I know that, but I'm I'm saying like he's gone through a lot with his his cancer and whatnot, and. Kevin reached out to him and was like, "Hey, you're down in Nola. I'd love to be come have you come out and play with us." And he said, "I want to so bad, but I I don't know if you heard, my voice still isn't there, and um, I, my voice still isn't there, and I I I want to be in it, but I think I'd be best playing like one of Silent Bob's weird cousins." And he's like, "I have the perfect role for you." playing uh blunt man uh in the blunt man v chronic reboot against missa melissa benoit ben, uh ben of supergirl fame and her new outfit with the pants instead of the skirt on the show it looks fucking dope did you see that no M- melissa benoist she was there at comic-con with kevin no i um that's cool and then kevin I... told the story of uh ben affleck and and and, and ben is one of my favorite guys in hollywood and i guess ben and and um kevin didn't really have a uh relationship for the last eight years yeah i didn't realize how bad it was it wasn't bad i don't think just uh yeah i I don't think it was bad it was just you know they drew apart they didn't talk yeah and uh, some media journalist asked ben if he would be if he like those two best years of my life where we grew apart but we still didn't really now we're back. No, I just... Well, it was a work thing. There's, like, no time for... I awkwardly, awkwardly, awkwardly ran into you, and I didn't recognize how skinny you were at, at the one of the largest beer distributors in our area. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, um, he reached out, and he... Uh, so, he told the media journalist that he, he didn't get a call, but he's available... And everyone was telling Kevin to call him. And I only know this because Kevin told the story a thousand times on every media outlet. So if you heard this, I'm sorry. And long story short, he reached out. Ben said, I'd love to do it. He showed up and he's he's in the movie. And that's fucking awesome. Holden McNeil's in Jan, yeah. John, Bob. So I, I was getting going to go to this no matter what. And I was happy tonight when I was like, interest. do you want to go to Jan, John, Bob reboot with me? She was like, absolutely. So... We have our tickets. We're at New Vision. I, I, as much as I love Kevin and Jay, I'm as just as happy as driving three seconds down the road to watch the movie <laughs> as I would be driving, which normally should take 45 minutes to get to Philadelphia, but lately takes three hours. Um. So yeah. And uh, what would you think? Let's say it's like an hour. I think 50 minutes a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go to see it live. You you get a four hour Kevin preamble. You you think the over under on him crying is like seven times. Yeah. 
yeah. you, you hear a long version of all the stories that are just told. And you see the movie, and then afterwards, you're there for another like three hours. It's a, it's a, you're you're dedicating ten hours of your life if you go to this, and they're probably some of the best ten hours of your life. All right, so it's a contra playthrough. Right, but I'm old now. Yeah, and I I hate traffic. I'm crotchety, and <laughs> I just want to go see the movie. Have a few. Well, go to Red Robin beforehand, because in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. every movie theater has a Red Robin next to it. Um, yeah, that that was all in the initial plannings because well, you couldn't buy a beer in those, but now you can. Right. But still more cost effective. No. Yeah. Plus, plus you can't get an appetizer sampler at a movie theater <laughs> yeah. yet. Yeah, some you can. Uh, so you go to the Red Robin and you you get your appetizer sampler. You get your your steak fries. Your maybe your clucks and fries. Mm-hmm. So you, well, all right, what uh, five fried items would you like? Uh, jalapeno <laughs> rings. Okay. Uh, jalapeno rings. Okay. Jalapeno rings. Mozzarella sticks. Yep. Jalapeno rings. Mozzarella sticks. Thank you. <laughs> and you'll wonder why you gotta go take a smash a third of the way through the movie. Can you bring one of those big tubs of seasoning too? Because yeah, I'm gonna need it. Oh yeah, yeah. You just you don't ask. You just put it in your pocket. They're free. It sits out there for in the counter. <laughs> That's why. I, I so I read they had to start selling it because yes. too many people were just taking it. Yeah, they're just stealing it. They're like, <coughs> look, if we sell it, and people still just take, people it, still take it. It's delicious. <laughs> it is delicious. So, yeah, uh, we'll go to Red Rock. Old Bay and salt. Yeah. And sugar. It's Old Bay, sugar, and salt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty much. We'll go to Red Robin. We'll get some uh, jalapeno rings and mozzarella sticks. We'll get a few beers, and then we'll go. Uh, We'll go to jump in a time machine back to our college years and high school years, really, because most of you skew is in high school and just be happy for an hour and 50 minutes. I don't care how bad it is. I'm going to love every second of it. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. I think it's just going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun, cameo packed, view askew all over our face, neck, and chest. So, um, what are we talking about today? Speaking of fun, transition. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I was originally researching this show based on like a bunch of lists out there that were like the top 50 jump the shark episodes ever. And I'm walking there. I'm like, I can't do this show. This is going to be so fucking boring. I don't know any of these fucking television shows. I'm like, Squeezer probably does because he knows more about weird TV than I do. Mm. But like, unless it was a Saturday morning cartoon or like, like, I I don't know. I really, I guess I didn't know much about television. I'm like, I don't. Yeah, I I was balls deep in the sitcom world. Right. Especially old ones. Uh, so I mean, so. I watched Mr. Ed on Nick at Night when I was a kid, but I really couldn't tell you if it ever jumped the shark. <laughs> if he did, I don't think it would end well for him. I don't think horses <laughs> can go very far. Yeah, that's he was... there was it may it, it missed my short list, but there was an episode of Lassie where a dolphin saved Lassie from a shark. Right. If if Mr. Ed tried to jump the shark, we would be calling jump the shark episodes ate the horse. <laughs> nice. I like it. Um. Yeah. Th- this is the jump to shark episode. We're talking about shows that jump to shark. Yes. Shark. So, um, I decided to go my own way and and fig- think about shows I thought jumped the shark. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I went, and then I, in doing so, I realized that this might be one of our most fun episodes ever. 
Because it's just us bitching. It's not bitching, but it's it's us it's gushing and then bitching. Yes. So yeah, let's you can't preface... hate. You can't jump the shark unless you were good. Yes, that's a very good point. And let's preface this with: it might come off as uh, caustic, you know, From as you. a little, you know. <laughs> At no point, look, if we're talking about this and we're putting the effort into it, it means we watched it before and we cared about it. Mm -hmm. And I love it. And basically, four of my five picks, I absolutely adore and watched, you know, beyond this. Well, I mean, one of them, I wasn't even born yet. The other one, I love that family more than my own family. Um, (laughs) And uh, the one, it's just, I had to pick it because it's so just, I mean the pinnacle of and it's been mocked in every other cartoon and series that we've watched you know growing up in modern times plus patrick duffy in the shower's handsome spoilers um yeah and then I, my biggest thing was too it was gonna i didn't want to go down the whole cousin oliver road mm-hmm. which was it's easy just like all right every show adds a kid in the sixth season Right. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't want to get too repetitive on that. So I kind of like killed two birds with one stone of one of my picks regarding that. Um, but yeah, I think we can have fun with this. All right. Do you want to, you're going to start, right? Yeah, I'll start first. Cause mine kind of is the genesis of this whole, of all these shenanigans. All right. Here's your first clip. Bonds never ignores a challenge. We both make one jump. Any way you want. Child's play. I'm out. Child's play. Right. There's only one condition. We jump an obstacle. Well, let's make it something big. You know, like your head. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Oh, it's big, all right. It's the shark. Stupid. Why would somebody want to jump a shark? Chicken? (laughs) The Fonz chicken. Absurd, absolutely absurd. The Fonz will accept your child. Hold it, man. Hold it. We're talking sharks. Hey, man, you're afraid of a little shark, are you? Well, how little? Of course the Fonz isn't afraid of a little shark. The Fonz knows no fear. Right, Fonz? Yeah, yeah. See? The Fonz is going to jump that shark. Oh, I love sharks. You're a real shark. Fonzie, Fonzie, you going to do it? Yeah, yeah. Of course I want to do it. A real shark. Female. Nothing beats those music cues like going to break like the seventies, like the high, all the horns. Yeah. Um. So this is where the term "jump the shark" comes from, because Fonzie literally jumped a shark. Coined by John Hine. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I mean, I thought it was like a couple. It, it started to come in the uh, usage. No, he in owned. The 80s. He owned the website jumpthesharkcom and he like wrote the book. He's on Howard Stern show now. He hosts the wrap up show. He gets accused of. Um, uh, he, uh, if you ever hear "hit him with the hun" on ESPN, that's like a catchphrase that Jason made up and he hates but 
I like John Hine, and he came up with it. Uh, apparently, he coined the phrase to mean like when a show is past its prime. Gotcha. So well, far. and that's where I and I, I thought that would be the case too. Happy Days wasn't because so this went down in, in the third episode of season five of an eleven season show. And I mean, so season five, they were pulling, uh, they were pulling a thirty-one point four in the ratings, um, which I mean, at that time, and they were number two in the ratings at this point. The next season, they dipped to four, and then they dipped to seventeen, but then they went back to fifteen and eighteen. So it wasn't like they they plummeted. Um, they did say that yeah, the writing was definitely hurting a bit at this point, and. It wasn't until you could say, like, at the very end in the last season where, like, Chachi burns down, you know, the restaurant. I, I read a great little blog. Someone's like, yeah, you, you, can, you can fuck with a shark. You can go on vacation with the shark, but don't fuck with the sets. <laughs> um, which, yeah, that, that's detrimental. You change a setup, and that's when things get weird. Right. Home Improvement, I love Home Improvement. The second he started going to that hardware store, it's like, uh uh, now you're just finding other places for us to go. And that's what, like, the whole jumping the shark thing to do with other characters. It, it's, the sense is that, like, you're out of ideas. Oh, hold on. I just Googled it, by the way. So I'm What's not, that? The phrase jumping the shark was coined by John Hines' roommate at the University of Michigan, Sean Connolly, when they were talking about favorite television shows gone downhill. Yeah. John Hines just took it and ran with it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't. I would argue that Happy Days was not going downhill at this point. No, it wasn't. In fact, you could look online, and everyone says that wasn't their jump the shark moment. No, and there are other jump the shark moments, like Fonzie. With basically, when it became the Fonzie show at the end, right? Um, uh, and uh, it, it was, and they defend it. It's funny. I listened to a ton of interviews between uh, between Henry Winkler and um, the Apollo 13 director guy. Ron Howard. And, yeah, Ron Howard. Thank you. Um, the baseball player? <laughs> On Mark Marin, Ron Howard said, like, they were like, eh. I mean, this it's I think he said, people like the show. It's hard to argue with being number one. And they're just like, fuck it. If this yeah. is, you know, if this is what they want, we're number one. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, here's there are a couple things here. One, the idea came from Henry Winkler's dad saying, "Hey, you should do something water skiing," because Henry Winkler, Henry Winkler was an acclaimed, like not world renowned, but like he was a really good water skier. Like he was an instructor. No shit. Cause, yeah, cause, and that's something that you did back then. I, that was a, a, a very 70s thing to do with water ski. Um, now, I don't know what, it, what the kids do now. Rollerblade, I guess. Um, and he that was basically him the entire time. The only part that wasn't him in that shot was the actual jump itself. And that there's twofold. One, he's considered himself like a wave rider where you do more like a slalom kind of guy, I guess. I don't know what that what slalom in. Oh, uh, you know, like when they do little bumps on the ski thing. Like he's a wave guy. All right, he's a he's a, a street. Uh, he's a street guy, not 
uh, a big air guy. Not a um, a pipe guy. Yeah, yeah, he's not in that half pipe. He's yeah. he's just doing he's Street doing course. little kick flips and some grinds and shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, and but also another thing was one of the producers like refused to allow it. Like we can't lose our cash cow. Uh, which is also smart. Yeah, I guess. I, it's and, funny and, now. In his defense, there's not a real shark in there. All these years later, Henry Winkler is nominated for an Emmy this year. Yes. For Barry, which I yep. haven't watched yet, and I want to. Uh, it, the here and there, I catch it here and there, and I love what I see. Um, just because uh, I'm a big fan of Milton. And he wouldn't have uh, had his renaissance if it wasn't for Adam Sandler really brought him back. Uh, and then he was the principal in Scream, which was he was fucking. I would greater. say Arrested Development was his big. No, no, Adam Sandler and Waterboy. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. All right, fair enough. Arrested Development, he was supposed to come back for a one-off, and then he became just a regular character. He's like the best character in the show. Same with Chachi. He was Bob Blah Blah. <laughs> Bob Blah Blah. Very Bob Blah Blah. Blah Blah. Oh yeah, how many? Holy shit, it's one big... That's just a second run of Happy Days, uh-huh. now that you think yeah. about it. Yeah, they all came back for it. Yeah. Um, but it, also, he's the only person on television to ever jump to shark twice. Because in an episode of Arrested, he actually jumped over a shark. <laughs> uh, it was like a little plastic shark or something. That's and great. he just hopped over it. So, so, did you ever hear of the term nuke the fridge? Yes. And you know where that's from, right? From Indiana Jones? Uh, you, got, you got it. In nice. 2008, Time Magazine coined the term Nuke the Fridge uh, to exhaust the Hollywood franchise with disappointing sequels. I love it. Because when I remember seeing that, I went, really? Really? Everyone did. It's the, it opens the fucking movie. Yeah, well, what bothered me the most about it, though, and this is coming from someone that I run... I'm not calling myself a cinematographer or a DP, but I do run camera for a living. Mm-hmm. And just the look of that to open it, I'm like, this just, it just bothered me. Mm-hmm. The whole just flat, zero depth of field. I shouldn't be able to read the hangar bay numbers from like 400 yards away. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but went, yeah, that one kind of... It went, it went viral after the film's premiere. And Spielberg later said it was his silly idea... Um, and uh, then Lucas also, I think they were both like protecting each other's back. Lucas also took credit for it. Saying, ah, you know, yeah. it's the only way Jones would have survived the blast. A lead-lined fridge. So fucking dumb. Such a uh, deus ex machina. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Fallout actually has a little parody of it. Like in one of the little Easter eggs, you can find a, as you're wandering around, there's a, a fridge with a skeleton in it and like a cowboy hat. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, Marvel hasn't nuked the fridge yet. No, not yet. Not we'll yet. see how this uh, how this goes, but I'm excited. I'm hoping Ghostbusters doesn't nuke the fridge. I really have faith. In no, that. I have the utmost. I'm very excited for this. All right. so, I can't tell you how pumped I am. But, um, yeah, this wasn't as much as we, you call this a jump to shark moment because the moment itself is absurd. To me... The jump the shark moment, if you look at it from a writing perspective, is that this is the third part of a three-part episode of them going to Hollywood to be in the business 
And um, that is a sign right there of we're running out of ideas. When you when you do the we be, we start working in television or we start working in film, it's because the writers have run out of other ideas and now they're just reflecting on the world around them. Yeah, it's like it's oh, we'll throw them in the business. Yeah. Also, you could argue um, the show really jumped the shark um, when Mork showed up. Mork for Mork. Yeah, Mork for Mork, which, yeah, you could argue it was cut, depending on which version you see it was a dream sequence or not. Uh, and then after the fact, I think they just made it legit because it was of backdoor piloting. Come on. That's all that shit of was. Of course that point. it is. The I mean, backdoor well, I pilot. How many, how many shows spun off of Happy Days? Uh, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, uh, Joni loves Joni Chachi. Loves Chachi. Blansky Beauties. Blansky's which, Beauties. Which one's that? I don't know. I'm just looking at a list. Out of the Blue. Oh, those I just rattled. I don't, which one is Out of the Blue? Those three, I just know those three I rattle off my head. Blansky's Beauties is an American sitcom. And it was a spinoff of Happy Days. Main characters of the series are introduced in, episode, in an episode of Happy Days. Uh, then set in the 1950s, but the show set in present day of 1977. Nancy Walker played Howard Cunningham's visiting cousin, Nancy Blansky, from Las Vegas on Happy Days. The following week, Blansky's Beauties premiered. They really backdoored so many. Oh, so that was a clear backdoor. Yeah. I feel like Joni Loves Chachi was like a legit spinoff. Mork, yeah, it was a spinoff. Mork and Minnie was a backdoor. Yeah. Uh, Laverne and Shirley was a backdoor. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the blue. What the fuck is that? I don't, I don't know. know. It's an American fantasy um, But what's sitcom. funny, though, is we talk about Chachi was actually introduced in this, uh, well, if you want to call this an episode, because it's three-part, um, like, uh, the, what was it? The Cunninghams Go to Hollywood? Was that the name of it? Uh. I oh, Hollywood have... Part 1, Hollywood I... Part 2, Hollywood Part 3. It's in Part 1 where we get Chachi. Uh, Scott Bayo makes his debut in Season 5. So you don't you don't get a spinoff by throwing your guy in at Season 5 and then having the wedding uh, six seasons later. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Yeah? I only watched Happy Days for the first time uh, during Operation Snowflake coverage on WFMZ. Waiting for like to see if school is canceled on our local like broadcast. They'd play Happy Days reruns. Oh and, yeah, I'd watch it all the time then. And then like I watched it more on that same channel after Buddy Holly's music video came out because I was obsessed with Weezer. Mm. But yeah, that's but yeah, good first. That's pick. where it comes from. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, the the genesis and um it it is a very gray area term um i think i i see it used a lot when people start using it just when things happen that they don't like yeah oh when they say people jump the shark oh uh politicians use it now so the the word's kind of ruined but yeah like 
Oh, she really jumped the shark here. Well, any time a politician does anything, it ruins anything, so. That's true. Unless they're on TV, and then in which case, they're awesome. Unless it's one of those channels that's news. Because yeah. I guess then, yeah, they'd be on TV, so that doesn't make sense. Okay. Uh... I'm looking at you, Martin Sheen. <laughs> He's a Bartlett, right? Yes. Oh, look at you. I've seen a few episodes. I liked it. I definitely didn't like it. Uh, okay. So, let's move on to my first pick, shall we? Mm-hmm. What doesn't kill us is making us stronger. We're gonna last longer than the greatest wall in China. Hold that rabbit with a drum. There's one thing that I learned while waiting for my turn. It's that in each life's a rainbow, but you also get some sun. So this is the theme music from season nine, redone by John Popper and the band Blues Traveler, one of my favorite all-time bands. I love Blues Traveler. This season, not so much. So, oh, that I, I didn't have you powdered up, Squeezer. Sorry. Oh, which I I love Blues Traveler, but I prefer the original version of the so song better. But I know why you picked this. Right, because. So a show where a um, uh, a working class family whose core focus is on their marriage and um, self consciousness and self reflection and blue collar and lower class, like like weight the weight jokes aside, like my family was the Connors, and I think. Same with married with children, and to a point, kind of. Nine hundred two one zero. Home improvement, but I'd say mainly Roseanne was a, a mirror to a good portion of American families when it aired. That's why I think it was so popular. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we'd see that, and we'd say the house isn't this gorgeous luxury place and they have their they're fighting over things like money and balancing a checkbook and buying groceries and and working overtime on jobs and these were things my parents would argue about you know what i mm-hmm. mean and we we watched Roseanne constantly and we watched this season too and we didn't know where it was going but it was weird because it was kind of Roseanne like saying like this is like this, like holding a mirror up to herself and saying, "This is me now." Like I was this blue collar person, and now I'm dealing with uh, fame and money and and being put in movie roles, like where she's, I mean, she's not fucking Jean Claude Van Damme, but the Rambo episode and the Halloween episode where her and Jackie meet the fucking, uh, what's that that British show? Uh, I can't think of it. Where um, the, the and then they turn out to be like Satanists. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to. It's uh. People are screaming right now. I know. 
Top Gear. <laughs> no, uh, absolutely fabulous. Absolutely. Fabulous. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the the show completely lost what it was to try and and I, and I don't blame Roseanne for it. Like she was trying to, she wrote what she know. It's exactly what you said. Like they run out of ideas. So the writers start writing what they know. And, and a lot of Hollywood writers know about like trying to make it in Hollywood. And a lot of, at that point, Roseanne knew gaining money and trying to deal with gaining money all of a sudden. And then they just spoilers at the end, just say, didn't have money. I'm writing a book. Dan didn't divorce me. He died at the, with the heart attack of season eight. Uh, this guy was with this sister, and this sister was with this guy, and my sister was a lesbian, not my mom, and all this stuff. And and it kind of threw the whole thing out the window. And I remember mm-hmm. we were watching it in my living room on the tube TV on top of a wicker base, and I I just I remember like just being like, um, like I thought it was really cool that they did that. Now I'm like. It was kind of shitty. I was just so blown away by like my little brain being so twisted by the fact that they did this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because we Roseanne was definitely a family show with us. We watched it. It was my mom's favorite show, and we always watched it. Ah, uh, see, I wasn't allowed to watch it. Oh, re- well, Mama's Queen. Yeah, it was a little too. But it was one of those things. Like same thing. Going back to, I wasn't allowed to watch Ram- Married with Children. My mom would say that show was garbage. Until they did that reunion show a couple of years back. And she's like, oh, I can't wait to watch this. I'm like, mom, you hate that show. I'm like, no, I love that show. I just didn't want you watching it. See, that was why Roseanne was my mom's favorite show. Married of Children was my dad's absolute, behind cops, absolute 100% favorite show. So we never missed Married of Children on Sunday nights. And we never missed Roseanne either. Like, all, So those two shows... I don't know. I guess my family reveled, my parents reveled in seeing like their um, equals on screen. Well, that's why we watch dinosaurs. <laughs> do you have this written? Do you? Do you no, it just popped in there. Do you have bits and material? Do you get no, material right? I'm serious. It just popped. Um, I mean, so there was right. ridiculous stuff, and uh, that last season is just like, I mean, uh, uh, Jackie's dating a prince, and they're in the Hamptons. It's just all over the place with that, the winning the lottery. Just very convoluted. Right. Like, uh, and I, I didn't. Re- I watched one episode of the reboot, and I didn't watch any of the Connors after they fired Roseanne, which I don't think they should have fired her. No. Nah. Um, because even though, like, regardless of her views, I don't think anyone should be fired because of said views. Still, though. Well, she's just an idiot comic. Like, she's not influencing people. No. Uh, uh, Roseanne's first eight seasons are phenomenal television. And um, in my opinion, jumped the shark when they went to that. But it it works in a way where you watch it and you know what she's doing. This is a mirror of Roseanne's life. She's telling stories she knows. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not just pure bullshit hack job writing, but in my yeah, opinion, it, it, it jumped the shark. I, I agree. Yeah, it's sometimes you have to throw it, intentions into it. I think like there, there's somewhere I, I, you know, future pick I got coming up. When you actually look beyond like what you see on the screen, okay, 
they were going for something. Maybe it didn't work out. Maybe it did, but you can read it a different way. And then there's, again, the cousin Oliver. I will always go back to, of oh, we slapped a, a cute little kid in because we're out of ideas and we need some cheap laughs. Um, and we don't have Mick Foley just say, hey, I love, my t- I love this town. <laughs> so Catherine... Uh, Van Arnendonk wrote for Vulture Ooh, that's a mouthful. magazine in uh, March of 2018 this about season nine uh, of Roseanne. She said, I admit there's a reason, another reason I'm loath to just throw out ninth season of Roseanne. In spite the fact that it is, by pretty much any measure, a bad, bad season of TV, it's to do, uh, it's to do with the way it was bad, the weird gutsy just throw stuff at the wall openness of it, like improv sketch that took yes and way too f- yes and you know that whole improv thing yes and way too far. Yes, they win the lottery. Oh, and I thought you were talking about like roundabout kind of yes. No, like the you know in improv it's like yes and. So it's it, they say take it too far. I don't watch improv anything. Yes, they win the lottery, and Roseanne mom, Roseanne's mom comes out of the closet at Thanksgiving, and Jackie dates a prince, and Roseanne summers with some wasps, and yes, the Rambo train hijacking situation. It's sort of TV we're moving farther and farther away from. It's sort of TV that the current emphasis on serility, comp, uh, completion, totality, and coherence would never allow to happen. It might be a good thing, but there's something thrilling about firing up season nine of Roseanne and having your hair blown back in surprise and horrified shock. And that's a lot. That's what I felt. Yeah, I get it. It's one of those things where, and this goes to why, um, why like Stranger Things gets a pass for, like we talked about this last week. It's like, well, why would the fat sheriff and the kids save the day? Like, it's you have to suspend disbelief. Whereas Roseanne was originally grounded in true life, this is day to day. This is what life is. Right. And it's, then they it's, just. It's all a matter of what they're selling you at the beginning. Will yeah. you buy what they're selling you? Roseanne yeah. was we selling you. We always knew, like, Stranger Things was going to be. This is going to be. Well, well, Stranger Things. An was... Over the top, crazy kids save the day, you know, Hollywood. Um, uh, it's a popcorn flick. No, I would say more of it's 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 when you're when you're taught to write, you're taught to 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 sell the audience immediately what you're giving them, and and they have to buy it immediately. Stranger Things sold that immediately with the the paranormal kid gets kidnapped, monsters are involved. Like, all right, so you're on board, you're buying this. It's it's a mm-hmm. retro fest of monster and paranormal. Roseanne yep. always sold you on the fact that this is a mirror into your blue collar everyday Chicago Midwest household. And when they flipped that script, that's when people started saying this, I didn't win the lottery, but what if you did, this might be like Roseanne was that. And then she, yeah, but also most people that win the lottery, you're still not marrying a prince. Yeah. Right. They went off and you're still not Ramboing the train, but I, I don't know where they're going with that, but, yeah, that's why I say this is when the show jumped the shark. And if you jumped the shark in your last season, you did a pretty good fucking job. So congratulations to yeah. Roseanne. Yeah. All right. Here's your next 
Look like you just saw a ghost. For a minute, I thought I did. What are you talking about? You? Oh, Bobby, it was awful. When I woke up, I thought that you were dead. What? I had a nightmare, a, a terrible nightmare. I dreamed that you were here, and you were leaving, and Catherine was in her car, and she was waiting, and, and when we started to leave, she tried to run me down, but you pushed me out of the way, and then she hit you, and she crashed into a truck, and she was killed, and then we took you to the hospital, and you died. Uh, I want to thank uh, Exposition for making podcasting so much easier. Uh, so the guy from Step by Step, right, Patrick Duffy. Patrick is, is this the shower scene they parried in Family Guy? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So that's where, if if you don't know Dallas, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. It's that scene of him there. It's also like the end of Newhart parried it too, and brilliantly. Um. So Dallas was king shit. I mean, it was it. And this was, uh, imagine what Lost would have been or what Game of Thrones would have been if you only had three channels and a, and cable was in its infancy. Uh, it was a monster. Everyone watched it. It created. So it, I went back. It created, um, It's in, in parody, it created one of the best Simpsons gimmicks and lines ever. Oh, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah, and they did it brilliantly, too. They made that a cliff. Well, the thing is with Dallas, every end of the season was a cliffhanger. I mean, they did that cliffhanger thing episode to episode because it it was uh, a soap opera. But it was a primetime soap opera, so it gets a little more credibility. Uh, Because I guess if you do an episode once a week versus five times a week, you're better. Um, it's all about prime time, baby. Yeah, I know. Uh, man, those uh, daytimes are exhausting. I couldn't imagine um, doing that kind of stuff. Although they, they they basically light for the season, and then you just kind of go with it. Anyway, um, so at the end of season eight, uh, Patrick Duffy... So Patrick Duffy's blowing up, Okay. And not just Patrick Duffy's leg. And so he decided he was going to move on, do other things. And also, there was a fallout um, with the uh, one of the producers. Um, of the, well, basically, the lead producer of the show. Uh, what the hell is... I lost my spot. Where'd it go? Wasn't a, a, a spelling show? What's that? Was Dallas not spelling... Hmm? No, uh, Leonard Katzman. That's what I wanted to say. Okay. Spelling show. Uh, what's his name? Tori Spellingstad. Uh, I can't think of his name. I didn't think so. Look that up. I'm probably wrong. Well, I'll look it up. You go ahead. Right, look up my uh, and he had a kind of falling out with one of the producers, and he was kind of let go, not let go brought on as a consultant to kind of review scripts. So, and this was at the end of season eight. So season nine goes on and basically the showrunner isn't running. Aaron Spelling was dynasty. Yes. Not Dallas. Sorry. 
Yeah, there you go. Close enough. And I'll put Dynasty down on my list of shows to go back and rewatch because I got sucked down the Dallas rabbit hole. I'm not going to lie. Um, and so basically, your showrunner got removed for a season. And ratings suffered a little bit. But this is also a time where rating mid-80s, your ratings are going to start to suffer regardless because now competition is just starting to stack. You're just getting more out there. And um, at the end of the season, they bring back uh, Katzman and they throw more money at... Uh, uh, what's his name? Larry Hagman? No, not Patrick Bateman. <laughs> The guy from Step by Step. Oh, um, fuck. Yeah, I just said it like seven times, and I just went completely blank. Patrick Duffy. Patrick Duffy. Thank you. Wow, what the hell? Uh, and it, I should probably get checked. Um, and they threw more money at him to bring him back. But at the end of season eight, he got run over by a car and um, did like the most miraculous... Uh, EKG beep 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 and like did the quick head whip dead and the doctor's like yep he's dead like it, it was beautifully done I mean um Scrubs killed it as far as actual like videotaping of medicine going compared to this because they would at least try to save the guy they're like yep yep he's good <laughs> that was it. Everyone else is in the room. I think there's one doctor and scrubs that passes by in the background just to add a little emotion to the shot. But yeah, they didn't really bother trying Holy to save Patrick shit. Duffy. It, this show aired on s Saturday nights and then went to Friday nights. Like that wouldn't like that's where shows die anymore. Now, yes. Wow. Back then, there was nothing to do. You, you did that, or if you went outside, you got attacked by wolves or Indians. I'm sorry, Native Americans. Um, <laughs> not funny. Um, but yeah, so basically, they're, they're, they're showrunner and, and star of the show, uh, sex symbol of the show, um, is gone. And ratings start to take a hit, so they start throwing money at him. They bring them back, and what better way to bring them back than to just say, fuck it. The last entire season, an entire year of you engaging in TV and breaking down plots and, and, and talk water cooler talk, none of it mattered. It was all a dream. Oh, so that uh, wasn't the end of the show? That was the middle oh, of the no, show? Oh, no, no. This was... Uh, this was season uh, nine. So, like, season nine doesn't exist. So, at the end of season eight, he gets hit by a car and killed. The end of season nine is, like, a, a cliffhanger. Like, she op Pam opens up the... Sh here's a shower, sees him in there and goes, oh, and runs away. And he's like, well, what? And then that's it. And then you got to wait all summer in season 10. The beginning of season 10 is where you just heard that exposition that you just... We played... Of him explain them explaining, oh, it was all a dream, and then they went on for another four years. Now, after the fact, so let's let's look at the numbers. Now we can say Did this is one of those jump to shark moments. Yeah, okay. So, and uh, they were from 
season four, five, six, seven, eight. They were one, one, two, one, two. Season nine, they were at number six. Now, this is also 1985. You're also nine seasons into a show. You're going to start taking a hit. There's going to be competition. There's Cosby shows. Yeah. Cheers. Um, also, I think we killed all the wolves and we pushed all the natives to Oklahoma. So mm-hmm. you can go outside. Uh, and then season 10, at this point now, big drop down to 11. Oh, all right. Stars. Uh, so, and this is now, this is after season 10 is now after you get the review of the dream sequence thing. Holy shit. This went to 1991. Yeah. Oh, this show was on for fucking ever. 78 to 91. What channel was it on? CBS. Uh, CBS. Yeah. Yeah. It was on forever. Uh, and they went from 11 to 21 to 30 to 43 to 61. When did they do the who shot JR? That was, I want to say, season three. Season three to season four, I think. And that's when they skyrocketed from, uh, like, a 9.1 to a 27.6. And they went from six to one. And that was in 1980 to 81. I think that's when they did the Who Shot JR. I could just be pulling that out of my butt. Um, But, yeah, basically what it was was a... And this is you're going to hate this because I know how much you love this damn movie. Uh, this is what J.J. is going to have to do. As far as Star Wars goes, it was all a dream and you start from scratch. Oh, come on. No, no, this is and, and you almost have to if you're a Dallas fan, you had to of kind of just bit the bullet and went with it. Like it, it, it sucked, but. What happened was you had a guy that was showrunner for so many seasons, and they're doing this in their way. And then season nine takes place, and things go a little off the rails from what they had in mind. And you're like, you know what? This is my show. And they basically just yank everything out. It's like, no, none of that counted. We're starting from scratch. Uh, and just people weren't having it. I went to uh, my senior advisory producer, uh, Mama Squeezer, uh, and I called her. I'm like, hey. Do you remember Dallas? You watched Dallas, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, of course. I watch Dallas. I'm like, regularly? She's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so you watched it week to week. You were committed. and Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it. Like, so you remember in season nine when, you know, the whole dream sequence, Patrick Duffy got hit by a car and then he comes back to life and everything was a dream? Great. No, no, I don't think I remember that. So, oh, my, that was my big... Uh, get was to get her input on that and uh that's what she gave me so no she wasn't that committed she's like it was so long ago like it was it was 30 years ago i know my parents i remember what happened 30 years she's like you have such a good memory i'm like no i don't have a good memory i just watched a lot of tv and it stuck well right now we do have a good at least we have these shows when we're their age to go back and listen to this show or like those shows this show Oh, that's true. Well, in both cases, we can go both back shows, to this yeah. show and listen to it. Or, like, back then, notes. you didn't have an – unless you had, like, a somehow a copy, um, thinking time-wise, 80 to – like, you couldn't just a pull an, a Honeymooners out of your ass on YouTube and watch it and right. review it. Now you can. Like, I just went and I just watched a whole shit ton of Dallas uh, for this show. I don't know why, but I did. Because you're a sweet boy. Uh, I am a sweet boy. 
and Patrick Duffy is handsome. He is. He is handsome. Yeah, and and the sad thing is, uh, only by the end of this season, uh, within the season of Pam discovering that Patrick Duffy was not killed by getting uh, hit by a car, she found out that, yes, she can have babies before plowing into an oil tanker and exploding. My stars. Spoilers. All right, uh, shall we move on to my next pick? I think so. All right, here it is. It's a really quick one, so be ready to come right back. Speaking of J.J. Abraham, Abram, what is what is it? J.J. It's, a, it's Abr- <laughs> Abraham. Abraham. J.J. Abrams. Uh, so this is Lost. Yeah. The first season, great. Second season, good. Third season, eh. And then, okay. Fourth season, what the fuck were they thinking? Well, it may, may I just cut you off and just give you an answer? The writer's strike? Uh, well, no, just they weren't. They weren't, yeah. The fourth season happened during the writer's strike, so they completely gave up on everything. And Which is the, when I was able to catch up. I didn't initially start watching. I watched. I caught up. I jumped in and caught up during the writer's strike. From season one, Squeezer. That's my... No shit. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, apparently, and I don't know if this is true or not, but people have heard that the writers were like... People, people were in the writer's room, and they're like... Uh, hatches and um, polar bears on island how are you ever going to pay this off and they're like we're not we don't intend on ever paying it off i've heard that too is that true it it has to be because they didn't pay it off no they didn't no so i didn't know they never intended to but they uh so and, the... and i don't you don't have to pay everything off i do like some mystery from here and there sure but when you go in with the attention of just let's fuck with them no yeah like like, there's nothing in, in Stranger Things that makes me think, like, why aren't they telling us what this is? Like, they're giving you just the right amount of information. And you know what? If there's a few things they leave out, I'm going to be okay with it. Right. But uh, Lost made you look for things, and they purposely made you look for things that they dropped as what you thought were clues, but it was just red herrings. And then once you figured out and you told them what it was, they said, no, that's not true, it, and then after- they end the show with... You were absolutely right from After day one. the first season, everyone said they're in purgatory. I'm sorry, spoilers. Yeah. And there were the writers and the the showrunners were like, no, 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 no. They're not in purgatory. That's not true. And then after the last season, like, ah, they were in purgatory. We got well, you. no, not really purgatory. It was just a, a, a time and a place between life and death <laughs> right. where you are judged by your actions to determine where you end up. So Not purgatory. Season one was fantastic. It was, at the time, most expensive pilot ever made. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It was good. a movie. It, it was, it a, was movie. a movie. It was exciting. It was gripping. I owned the the two part pilot on UMD, so I could watch it on my PlayStation Portable. Wow. Oh yeah. I, it was so fucking like insanely good. Season two was great. It was fun. It was exciting. They were in the hatch. You learned a little bit more about the numbers, a little bit more about the others. Yeah, things were getting complicated. Things it were was... getting complicated. Season three started off like weird. Why is Jack being ter- interrogated? Why is Sawyer and Kate in these 
cages. I thought this was going to be a Kate and Jack love story, not a Sawyer. Wait, that was season three already? That was season I like three. that was so much later. But then it got better. Jack was like pretending to be friends with them, but he really wanted to blow him up and kill him. And it ended really, really strong with with the, the Through the Looking Glass episode where Charlie dies and your heart's broken. And he puts his hand on the window and it says, Not Penny's Boat. That, yeah. I re- then there is not a single good episode after that. You think, really? I thought this whole series was garbage. Season four was the writer's strike, and there was only, I think, 16 episodes. Mm-hmm. It was garbage. Five, garbage. Six, horrible. They did not end the show right. They didn't even know where the fuck they were going. They were... First of all, they were writing a lot in season three and, and close to four, not knowing that they would ever have an endpoint. They were begging ABC to tell them when they would have an endpoint because they needed to know when they had the right to. That's not how you want to approach a series. Right. Um, That's why I know, like, I'm glad to know. Westworld, it's five. We're getting five seasons. Yeah. It well, might take 20 years to get there, <laughs> but we're going to do five seasons. They, I, I believe, as Stranger Things said, they'd like to do five as well. But with these networks like Netflix and HBO and stuff, you can get that with, with regular network television. And they're like, we pay for the show. We want 27 episodes a season every year. And is it is it becoming clear now that 27 episodes a season is way too much TV? Yes. Unless Outside you're... of, like, family silly sitcoms. Right, unless you're doing, like, like Scrubs. Or The Office, or like uh, like non-serial stuff. Yeah, if you're not doing if you're not doing a serial drama, if you're telling one story, it needs to be eight episodes, eight one-hour episodes. Yeah. If you're not telling uh, uh, like a like a serial, if you're if you're not telling, well, it's clear thirteen is way too many. Absolutely, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And I love those shows. I did, I did like them, but, but watching Stranger Things and how they keep it concise, and even in season two when they went nine to backdoor that pilot that just got kind of shut down, where she Thank goes God. to Pittsburgh and meets the other numbers, like, mm-hmm. like that didn't work. It eight works for Stranger Things. It went right back to eight in season three, yep. which <clears throat> arguably is their strongest season. And and I I get your we I defended season two I rewatched it and you're right season two is kind of weak, <laughs> and and not weak as it just it's in between season one and three season two is weak, yeah yeah, and, and season one has that just that season one that, has that genesee that, that, qua that you can't put your finger on why it's so good season it's three special. it's like okay this is upping the ante and making it better season two is kind of season two was great when we watched it but after seeing season three and rewatching season one you're like season two okay get to the get to the point poor dustin's cats ate and eaten and you know hopper's gonna die but he's not and you know it's just spoilers no spoilers sorry but yeah lost lost jumped the shark after season three (laughs) in my opinion i'm surprised they just literally didn't do it they jumped a polar bear (laughs) <laughs> they jumped the polar bear. And you know what? That's not even a thing. You didn't... I mean, they kind of explained the polar bear because it was, I guess, in the cage and they no, had the polar, polar bear, bear was with... one of the things they that was discussed that they never intended in paying off. 
I'm okay with that. There's like, what if there was a polar bear on an, a tropical island? And they're like, oh, that's great. And they're like, well, how are you going to pay this off? They're like, we don't intend on it. Fuck mm-hmm. you. And again, not everything has to be. Damon but... Lindoff's fucking uh, Watchmen better be amazing to make up for. I heard uh, his Left Behind was really good on HBO. But his Watchmen better be amazing to make up for what he did to us on Lost. All right. Good luck. Moving on to your next bit. Can I double it? Can I double it again? And again? Until I had a hundred trillion cool jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, you're scaring me. I'm sorry. Laura, this elixir will improve my coordination, my posture, my vocal intonation, and I might even sprout a chest hair or two. First, you better sprout a chest. All right, now, it's hard to say that you don't want to take some shows too seriously, right? So to say, like, they jumped the shark by doing something kind of off the wall and silly and out of character. Right. Um, they should get a pass. But, so, because, all right, look, Family Matters is well-established. It's it's Americana. I mean, it's, it's a cornerstone of our Friday nights. Um it's technically a spin-off of Perfect Strangers. Um and to be fair, Urkel uh wasn't even a main character. You know he was supposed to show up in one episode? Yes, and people loved him and they immediately he, wrote him. Watch go go back and watch Family Matters from the start and for the first three episodes you're going to go where's Urkel? Right. And he doesn't make an appearance until episode four. He was supposed to be a one-off. And he just blew up. And from there, it became Urkelmania. He became an industry upon itself. And the fact that there was actually, like, uh, some bad blood on set, too. It's like, this is not the show that we signed up for. This was all supposed to be about Carl and his family. Now it's about Steve. And it was still, you know, the original Vel Johnson and family show with Steve for a while. Towards the end, the last couple seasons, especially when um, uh, CBS picked it up, it was the Urkel show uh, towards the end. Right. Um, I want to say it was – when was that? I have this somewhere. All right, so he does some weird shit. Season two – he invents an, uh, an atom bomb for, like, the science fair in the basement, and it explodes. But it's a super tiny uh, splitting of the atom. So Super tiny. Yeah. So it was, like, nothing. Like, nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. Uh, season uh, three. I want to say, was it season three? Yeah, season three, we get the Urkelbot. Do you remember the Urkelbot? Of course I remember Urkelbot. Also yeah, in yeah. love with Laura. Exactly. Again silly a little over the top so like there's grounds for this this show isn't supposed to this isn't this isn't roseanne right um whereas even though roseanne is a comedy and you don't have to take it it directly seriously there's no like like rules of science that apply to this show (laughs) 
Um, there's just it, it's a nerdy kid that like invent invent stuff, and it, it's fine. And then sure, we maybe we blame Urkel for giving us Big Bang Theory down the road. Um, but the problem is, it's in. What did you do, fucking Urkel? What did you do? Season uh, five, episode eight. Urkel wants to be cool. So in the episode of Dr. Urkel and Mr. Cool, which granted, great title. Um, he um, invents a serum isolating all of his cool genes that he will now drink. Are we talking become... blue genes or like... Like his body cool genes. Because I have a pair of cool jeans. Enchantress won't let me wear them out of the house, but they're pretty cool. I don't have any. Uh, my jeans are cool because I can hang a hammer on the side of my leg. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I can't anymore. Uh, I'm not allowed to wear those. Man, they're comfortable and handy. And handy. Um, uh, so he drinks the serum becomes Stefan Urkel. Stefan Urkel. Because that changes your last name. Right. I guess it also changes the distance between your retina and cornea, because now you don't need glasses either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when Steve drinks this, he becomes cool. And initially, in this one particular episode, it kind of works, because it's a foil to Steve. Whereas, he's suave, he's handsome, he's a ladies' man, but he's also a dick. Right. Um, and it As works. are and, those types. And, yeah, exactly. And you would know. And, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, what? I'm neither suave nor handsome. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, hey, no. hey, hey, hey. Wait, what? Oh, sorry. Was All I right. supposed to? You, you're supposed no, you're to say not a you, dick. you're both suave and handsome <laughs> and nor a dick. You're supposed to give me all the compliments. Oh, sorry. No, you're supposed to give me the compliments. Yeah, you you have ve- self-esteem. I don't. You're handsome and lovely and intelligent and a creative Soft genius. Soft and, and squishy. And uh, I'm like a glow worm. <laughs> yeah. You do light up oh, when I hug you. I do. Uh, so it, 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 the initial episode, the, the idea behind it is great because it ends with Laura. She doesn't want Stefan. She wants Steve back because she'd rather have... The, the loving, caring, the sweet parts of Steve override the annoying dorkiness of him versus uh, the shittiness that comes with the suaveness of Stefan. It's why you and I have beautiful other halves. Yeah. This I'm ep- a sweet boy. This episode I proves it. I suck at most things that require handsomeness. Right. But, yeah. This episode proves it. Mm-hmm. Why you and I? Would you tell the story of you walking to GameStop with your wife and daughter, and they all like like bowed down and formed a line? And <laughs> it's like, whoa, look at you! you. Dun, all right. Dun. I, I assume they played the Mr. Perfect music for you. Dun dun dun. They were really pissed though because they made me go pick up after me. What's that? They made me pick up my gum after I spit out and hit it. <laughs> dun, 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 and dun, 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 dun. And you walk down like, is that your wife? Did you make that child with her? I did. <gasps> He's the and chosen one. Like, oh, wow. You're going to get a big push. Nah. He's the chosen one. 
I think Yerida's back. That's why I didn't get this moon bush. She would have. Okay. On the Rick the Rick I'm Flair. A big Kurt Henning fan. Yeah, I, I am too. He was fantastic. It's great, great pick. Hang on, I'm concentrating right now. Um, do you want to pick this up tomorrow at work? You want to just finish up Urkel? Are we not done with Urkel? Oh no, I a little bit more. You can finish oh, okay. up and then we'll. Because I am just... like falling asleep in my chair. I think. No worries. Let's finish up Urkel. Just right. note of that, and we'll clip that little part out. That, it'll be easier that way. Yeah. I just poured a whole new beer. One thirty. Oh well. Oh. Um. All right. So you just clip out the not the. So yeah, after this fact, uh, you could say that it started taking a turn after this. At this point, uh, I mean. Family Matters, as popular as it was, wasn't a ratings monster. It kind of middled with those, and it was just a... It was a good quality quality show, and it was based off of, you know, the the interaction between the characters. And eventually, it just became the Steve show. And they, and they would try to just do crazy, silly science stuff. And like It, Steve, it, it was the, the Carl Winslow and Steve show. It was like yeah. a buddy picture with them. Yes. That's a good point. I loved every second of it. I'm not gonna lie. I watched it, all of it, and I and I indulged in. I loved it all. By the time it hit CBS, I don't think I. I'm pretty sure I missed. No, the I don't think I watched season. it either. I didn't even know it at CBS. As long yeah. as it was on uh, uh, TGIF, I watched. But as soon as the show moved off TGIF, you're on to the next show, and you don't know what happened to that old show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Jaleel White loved it. Because it gave him the opportunity to not be Urkel. Um, I get it. Like you get pigeonholed into a role, and you want to do something else. Because uh, can you imagine? Like and I'm sure on the street too. Like and he didn't look much like Urkel when he wasn't rocking the full regalia. But if someone did notice you, all these drunk assholes at a bar go, "Oh, it's Urkel," and that's what you're stuck with. That's true. Uh, so he, he he according to his interview on Dancing with the Stars, um, that that's my uh, you know, research as far as that goes. Uh, he was happy to take on this role and change things up, but really the show after this it was it was a jump to shark moment. It was a we can even say it's not a jump to shark moment. It's a uh, Stefan Urkel moment because then after this then you get like Steven invents a time machine, then he makes a cloning machine which. He clones himself, and then the one of them is supposed to become then Stefan. But then Laura back again turns down Stefan because she still wants to do it's a thing. Um, it is he a gets thing. lost in space. He shrinks himself. It it gets a little too over the top towards the end. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. It it that's what the show like went out as. It wasn't it wasn't the 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 show about a, a family just. What the great sitcoms are, just the family dealing with family issues. And people people just want to see themselves on TV. Who doesn't? And they still do to this day. Yeah. Or people just want to hear themselves on podcasts. So they go out and just like, hey, listen to me talk about stuff. Listen now. That was a great pick. Here is my... Look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. It's all right, cause I'm sleeping out of bed. 
So, so I'm not particularly talking about uh, all Saved by the Bell Squeezer. No, of course not. I'm talking about Jump the Shark Saved by the Bell. And sure. to jump the shark, you have to be good to begin with. Oh, so for me to explain what I think Saved by the Bell Jump the Shark, I have to explain to you and go over season three of Saved by the Bell. Season three of Saved by the Bell was the best season of Saved by the Bell. Not just for the reasons you might be thinking. Uh, once I go over the episodes with you, you're going to be like, you're completely right. So it started with one of the best episodes and the most heartbreaking and memorable episodes ever, The Last Dance. This aired September 14th, 1991. This is when Kelly wants to get a costume for the costume ball. She won't let Zach buy it for her. And she starts working at the Max, and she falls in love with Jeff. We all hated Jeff. Mm -hmm. And they have that last dance out by the picnic table, uh, Zach and Kelly. But that's the end. And I think... That was season three? Yeah. Wow. There's only four seasons. Really? Yeah. Why does it feel like it was so much longer? Oh, because, you know, the college years were so great. <laughs> I like the college years. Yeah, it's all right. It's in prime time. So then it, the next episode that aired that same day, it takes the it, it, it shifts the timeline. It's Zach's birthday, but it's set at the Malibu Sands Beach Resort where the guys all worked for the summer. The gang worked for the summer, and mm -hmm. it's Zach's birthday. So you enter, every week you got an episode that takes place in Bayside that follows the Jeff and Kelly and Zach storyline. And then an episode that completely ignores that and shows that there's summer working at Malibu Sands with Mr. Carosi and Stacey Carosi. It's like a different Earth. Right. So the next week was the aftermath. That's when uh, uh, Zach catches Kelly and Jeff at the movies together and he starts dating other girls to make Kelly's jealous. It, it backfires on him. Mm -hmm. uh, cut to that same week, the game, another Malibu when uh, they have the volleyball. Zach plays volleyball to win Mr. Carosi's car to, so he'd sell it to him. Uh, then Operation Zach. So um, Zach's surgery, that's when he realizes uh, Lisa Turtle's a candy striper. Uh, so then you get 4th of July when he finally kisses Stacey Carosi because mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're back at the beach. Then Check Your Mate when uh, Screech is the chess champion, but he loses. They steal his lucky beret he got from Violet, but he still wins. Uh, then my boyfriend's back. We're back at the Malibu Sands. Stacey Carosi's douchebag boyfriend from Boston, Craig, shows up. But the gang enters the annual ATV race. <laughs> uh, then my favorite episode of all time, fake IDs. When the gang wants to go to the attic nightclub, so they have uh, Screech make them over 18 IDs, and Screech keeps wearing the beards and everything, and that big lady keeps dancing with him. And they catch Jeff there with another girl. And then Kelly gets the fake ID to come in and uh, prove it. Remember that one? I... The attic? Oh, God, that was my favorite one. Cut to Boss Lady. When Stacy's left in charge of the resort and the chef goes on strike and there's their double book for the night and they don't have a, a cooking staff. So what do they do? <sighs> then we're at next week. We're on October 26th. Back at Bayside is Pipe Dreams, one of the most heartbreaking episodes ever. When the school strikes oil and they all start going crazy to find out how much it might be worth, and then the ducks covered in oil start coming in, and they're the cons Aww. don't you don't remember any of these, do you? No. Oh God, they're they. they... I remember. I, I it was everything at the resort. I 
I remember. Right, but you like thought that. you seemed like there was a. It seemed like there was more than there was. There was only six episodes at the resort. Huh. And then the following that week was also the last weekend there at the resort. October twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one was the last weekend. Stacy and her father fight over Zach. Kelly gets hit on by an eleven year old. Slater meets a girl, and the whole staff builds an enormous sandcastle. In the end, Mister Carosi realizes goodbyes are hard. Ah, oh, lessons are learned. Okay, November 2nd, The Wicked Stepbrother. That's when um, Jesse's stepbrother is a douche, and he's in love with Lisa, and he cr- they, they convince him to take Belding's car out, but Lisa's driving it when it gets crashed, and he takes it apart, but he puts it back together, and Jesse, uh, Lisa says, I will take that second date. I do remember that one. Okay, we're getting better. So then there's the date auction where Zach gets bit by a, 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 a bought by a girl who's not attractive, but whatever. The following week, we get All in the Mall. When the failed attempt to buy tickets at the U2 concert, Zach and the gang find $5,000 abandoned at the mall, but things don't work out when the gang is chased by mobsters around the mall. I love that episode. Then the SATs, when Jesse's all pissed that Zach gets like a 1500 and she doesn't score well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then the Palm Spring Weekends ones, where you, Kelly and Zach almost get together but decide to be best friends. Then Hold Me Tight, the one where Zach likes the new girl, Christy, but she wants to be part of the wrestling team. And Jesse's all about, she deserves to wrestle as a woman. even. And then she gets jealous because she starts hanging out with AC. Mm-hmm. Then No Hope with Dope. This was a great one. Oh, when, yeah. When they bring in the movie star to do the No Hope with Dope commercials, but they find out people are smoking pot and he's doing cocaine. And that's not cool, even though the, everyone on set was actually probably smoking pot and yeah, doing absolutely. cocaine. Oh, that was probably the most hilarious ironic episode to record ever guess what also aired with that one that day rock humanity the casey Kasem story about the <gasps> zach attack i forgot they threw casey Kasem in every single show when possible yeah mm-hmm. so uh casey Kasem was doing the zach attack so it was his uh, his, uh casey's top 40 type behind the scenes of before vh1 did behind the music of, of the zach attack uh then cut day um, so we're, we're in December 7th and they, they merged cut day where Zach cuts to go to the beach <laughs> and he's constantly being chased by Belding. Uh, Simpsons did this. Yeah. Uh, with a home for Christmas one part one, when Zach falls for a girl who works in the mall, but they realize she's homeless and poor mm-hmm. and they, they, she loses her job cause they think she stole the blazer for her dad. And then the next week they're all, uh, getting ready for the gangs, getting ready for their production of a Christmas carol. So the next week, December 14th, we're near the last <clears throat> episode. So he discovers the true identity of the homeless girl. Then uh, Zach and her mom invite Laura and her dad to stay w- there until he could find a job. It's really touching Christmas Saved by the Bell moment. Finally, December 21st, 1991, the last episode of the season, the gang visits a mansion for a murder mystery weekend, winning the competition. Uh, another great episode. So mm-hmm. that's season three. Cut to season four, where they thought, okay, we're going to have, I think, 15 episodes. Um, that's fine. We're going to record. This is going to be the last season. And we're going to record uh, a bunch of stuff leading up to the gang's graduation. And it's going to be a very touching and sweet moment. The time capsule, the graduation. Um going to be great and then they threw a monkey wrench in so after 15 episodes were recorded nbc uh, 
Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Elizabeth Berkeley, Jesse and Kelly, mm-hmm. uh, got jobs elsewhere and weren't coming back. And, and then NBC said, no, we need 11 more. <clears throat> so uh, they aired a handful of episodes, um, three. So it was the fight, which uh, where they're fi- Zach and, and AC are fighting over the same girl. Mm-hmm. Then student teacher week, where the gang switch roles with the teacher and Zach's the principal. Then Screech's spaghetti sauce. Yeah, it was an okay one. And finally, uh, episode four called The New Girl. Kelly and Jesse are, are, are gone. They just don't mention them. Gone. They're just not in the show anymore. And this new girl, Tori's there. And she is there romantically involved with either AC or Zach and involved in all these drinking and driving and DUI and crashing cars and love machines and... Um, so they never, I mean, I remember Tori. So Tori was never there with Kelly or Jesse. Never. Wow, it's funny how you kind of just blend things in your mind. Like she was, I didn't know she was only there for the last, what, 11, you said? She, so, yeah, she was only in 11 episodes. Huh. Yeah. Um, so they both disappear and then they, they come back. They ran uh, the two concurrent seasons that year, uh, a lot of places. So, like, they'd run three and four together. So you'd see, like, one with Kelly and Jesse and then one with Tori. Maybe that's uh, the continuity of it. Just uh, maybe that's what it was. Like, I, my simple mind, I couldn't keep up. Like, I, I didn't keep from storyline to storyline or if there was anything overarching or where I just tune in from time to time and it was... Spread. I wasn't nearly as dedicated as others. Yeah, I was. Uh, and this is what pissed me off. This is when I think the show jumped the shark. The Tory episodes are their shark-jumping episodes. Of course, they got back to uh, romance. And with to Kelly and, and Jesse, the senior prom, and AC and, and, and Jesse get locked in the boiler room. And um, Zach and Kelly and Zach rescue them. And uh, the video yearbook, uh, Screech's birthday, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dorks with with Jesse and Zach. That's the one where Zach and uh, Kelly finally like rekindle their love. Uh, the earthquake episode where we back to Tori now. Uh, Tori, Zach, and Mister Belding get stuck in an elevator during an earthquake, but things get worse when uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Belding gets goes into labor. Um, so then there's the best summer of my life, which was a clip show, where Zach he takes a day after school and reminisces about the time he and his gang spent at the Malibu Sands in Palm Springs. Uh, then Slater's chameleon gets missing. Then Tori's back with the school song. Then Tori's gone with the time capsule. And then Tori's gone. She doesn't graduate. I don't know what happens. <laughs> so they, they mixed... The Tory one's in. Yeah. I give it jumping the shark. Yeah. Yeah. Tory, uh, Saved by the Bell, not good. Oh. Uh, yeah. She's... You can't just throw a character in after, you know, so much time goes by. 
Yeah. I mean, even if it is only her after her, three seasons, but I mean, you had that core cast that never changed. Her last appearance was in School Song, and after that, she was never mentioned or seen again. Hmm. Uh, all right, so that was my next pick. Carol, will you please ask Luke to pass the salt? Luke, pass Ben the salt, please. Tell him I'll save him some in case he wants to pour any of it in my wounds. Listen, I don't know why you're so mad at me. Mike said I wasn't doing anything wrong. Mike, you told him to do this to me? Ben, would you keep it down? I'm trying to enjoy my chicken here. Oh, you like dinner so much, you can have some of mine. Hey, hey, hey what's going on between you guys? Hey, what are you throwing food at me for? I'm sorry, excuse me. I didn't mean to throw food at Mike. I meant to throw it at him. What's this? Uh, this, uh, well. Is this Leo? It's Leo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Luke. Uh, Luke Brower. Uh, so... Growing Pains, this is one of those shows, I, like I said before, uh, this is all out of love. Mm-hmm. I love the Seaver family probably more than my actual family. Uh, I spent more time with them than my actual family growing up. Okay. Um, and I absolutely adore Growing Pains. I loved it. Uh, the problem is they are responsible for committing some of the cardinal sins of the Jump the Shark moments. Okay. Um. This one is special in particular. Um, you add, you know, some people leave, you add others. After so long of doing the same show over and over again, is it the writers get bored, executives want a fresh face. They just, you got to keep the show going. And so they just start adding characters. And what better way to add a character than to have uh, some young, smart kid in your class that turns out to be homeless living in... Uh, the janitor's closet, so you bring him home and make him a regular in your house. I mean, there's kids living in janitor's closets in my school, but we left them there. Oh, see, <laughs> and that's reality. Yeah. You know? um, to be fair, also, you didn't age your uh, daughter six years when everyone else stays the exact same age season to season. They swapped. They So in season four, so season five, Chrissy was like a baby, and by season six, she was now six years old. Um, and that, 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 that's the other cardinal sin. They added the young baby in right away, but they immediately went with, jumped her to six years old because it's easy. It's easy to get a laugh because you can just have, it's the kids say the darndest thing, kids uh, say the darndest thing thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can just, oh, hey, it's cute and it's a cheap pop. Mm-hmm. Um. But, but the Luke stuff, like, they immediately brought him in, and he wasn't brought in as, like, a sub-character or anything like that. He was brought in as a full-fledged cast member, pretty much. Like, he mixed in with the roles, and all of a sudden, it's like you have an instant new kid um, that they just uh, fell in love with. And then and then goes on uh, to, to break your heart. Uh, he came in... Uh, at the end, uh, season seven, in episode two, uh, and he lasted a whole 18 episodes um, before he was written out with just one more to go when finally his truck driver dad uh, comes back and uh, takes him back to Arizona where they're going to open up a truck stop together. Uh, oh. Yeah. And then there's the obligatory uh, post leaving, uh, calling the house to... Uh, uh, say, hey, everything's fine, I'm doing great, to wrap it up with a nice bow. Um, 
Yeah, it was... Look, it, the show was kind of hurting to begin with. And when you say, like... there, There's a couple different jump-to-shark moments. There's the obvious jumping the shark, like the physical ones. Mm-hmm. And then there's that, that moment where the show is just in decline. So the show was, at one point, number five in the ratings back in, like, season three. Okay. Then it started tapering off to, like, 13... And then 21, this is when they start adding Chrissy. 27, oh, we're hurting. We need to add a fresh face. It wasn't going to help. They drop all the way to 75th in the rankings for the last season. Uh, it, it just, you have other competition. And also, what I think really hurt the show was not so much even this. It was um, Kirk Cameron became born again. Uh, at uh, the age of 17, and this is by, like, season three, and now he starts making changes to his character, mm-hmm. and that's what starts dumbing down the show, where he was, like, uh, the bad boy, he was mischievous, he was kind of a dumb guy at the same time, he had, like, some street smarts, he was clever, he was smart ass. he was uh, kind of like a little Bart Simpson, if you will. Right. And he decided he wanted to write that out. He didn't want any of that because it conflicted with his beliefs. And then he started pushing that on the rest of the show. Ooh. Yeah. Did he start writing that firefighting movie back then? I don't know if he started it <laughs> then. Uh, it, it was uh, it, it was rough on the cast. It was rough on the crew. Uh, he kind of turned their, his back on them. And he admits after the fact he could have done things better. Um, but I, I think that had a big impact on it, too, where... You had other shows that were leaning more edgy, and not edgy in that dirty, gritty kind of way, but tackling serious topics. Like you know, and Growing Pains could do that, um, and maybe you could have done more with Luke, but uh, I, I think that that had a big part to do with it too. Was uh, basically sucking all the energy out of the show, and anything that could be controversial when other shows are getting more controversial, mm-hmm. you're kind of just watering the product down. Uh, and to the very end. Uh, but I, I feel like when you just pull a homeless kid out of a closet and add him to your family, in coinciding with the, the uh, oh, ratings also dropping, I'm going to give it my little jump to shark moment there. Even though I absolutely adore Leo, he was adorable on the show. I still loved Growing Pains. But it, it was clearly, uh, we are out, or 144 episodes in, we we're out of ideas. We got to throw something at the wall, and thus putting the water skis on and going directly over the shark. Literally over the shark. Literally. And I did not notice until I saw an interview with. Uh, they were promoting a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this. Brad Pitt also got his start on that show on Growing Pains. Oh really? He had some bit parts uh, previous seasons before. They were never on together. He was there in like season five and six for a couple of bit parts, and then Leo was on uh, Man. In season seven. So yeah, Growing Pains launched the career of like two megastars. Look at that. In Alan Thick. In Alan Thick. All right, my next pick. If you're wondering what this is, 
this is the Doug theme song. It is. And you're like, no, it's not. It kind of, I mean, I hear it, but. You're like, I love the Doug theme song. It was so simple and fun. What the fuck is this garbage? This is when Disney bought it, mm-hmm. and it jumped the shark. Now, let me play for you Doug theme song. The original Nickelodeon one. It's and just, glorious. It is. Um, for you right now. Here it comes. Right. This is the song everyone had in their head when they think And it's in my head now, and this is what's going to be going through my head the rest of the day. So uh, here's I, – I, 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 all credit to our good friend Jim Jenkins, who will be joining us on this show shortly. Sick. The creator of Doug and um, the creators of Doug the Musical. Uh, look it up. It's a thing. I did. It was glorious. We're going to get the whole story behind it. They're working on a new project. Um and they reached out about being on the show. So we, uh, I, I was wondering what people thought about Disney's Doug, because I never really liked it. And I, of course, go to my bastion of everything, Reddit. <laughs> there is a whole Reddit thread. <laughs> Why do people hate Disney's Doug compared to Nickelodeon? This was the best answer I found. He, he gave it a couple facts. Disney's Doug had a new whistling theme song that paled in comparison with the original. Agreed. Disney's Doug had nine strands of hair instead of eight, <laughs> which is true. They had to do it for trademark issues. That was enough to... I guess so. What, they went to the RK school of copyright yeah. violation? Right. Disney's Doug added a new... Young, well, they bought Jim Jenkins' yeah. production. They bought for At one point, they said it was worth $100 million. Doug? Yeah. Wow. The franchise. Uh, Disney's Doug added a new younger sister to the funny family. Her name was Cleopatra, and she served no real purpose. Mm. That's the formula. Yeah. Patty got a new haircut and a tan. The short hairdo gave her a prepubescent boy's charm that made Doug go more gaga than lady over Miss Mayonnaise. <laughs> and no one liked that. I didn't I no. didn't like the look. Roger Klotz. Now this is what really ruined it. Became rich after living broke in a trail park. Trailer park. So that whole socioeconomical um uh like reason for him to be angry and mean mm-hmm. was just taken away. Yeah, now they just made him like a rich villain. Right. Like, so why would we want to see this character that we hated all these seasons rolling in dough? I don't know. Uh, they took the lightning bolt off Skeeter's shirt and made it a zero. And it says, change his look up enough to make us notice and be aggravated. That, that's it. You've, like, you've grown accustomed to... It's a comfort thing. So here's another thing which I agree with. Every episode of Disney's Doug was 22 minutes. On Nickelodeon, it was two 11-minute stories. Mm-hmm. You can tell a Doug story in 11 minutes. 22 minutes made them drag on. Um, the Honker Burger was shut down in Disney. They, that was their hangout place. Wow, it's like they took everything that we just talked about this entire show, like, you know, the sets, yeah, the adding the kids, being rich. It's like they took it all and just threw it in at the... Connie Benji lost 50 pounds and was skinny on Disney's Doug. And I, I believe she, the line was her mom took her to beauty camp or something. That's kind of... Well, it's dark in today's... Yeah, um, exactly. 
Then everyone's pissed about mostly they broke up the Beats. Everyone loves the Beats music. <laughs> Mo Allowance, uh, to Killer Tofu. Um, Killer Tofu World Tour. Uh, I don't know. It, it, that's what that's what people love the bat, and that's what Reddit said. And I think a lot of those uh, um, hold up when you talk about. Hold on, I had a good list of other stuff, but I was looking up up work things too. I have to pull this up here. Um, so Disney's Doug was waiting to get an order apparently from Nickelodeon for that to meet their 65 episodes and when they didn't get the order they got picked up by abc because disney just bought abc at this point mm -hmm. uh so they got doug and they called it originally brand spanking new doug and then disney's doug and the new doug was so success successful disney made the doug movie in 1999 sold tons of doug related merchandise and the los angeles times estimated the doug franchise could be worth as a hundred million dollars for disney damn but most of us who grew up on the the Nickelodeon one hated the Disney. Yeah, one. I still I watched it because I, yeah. I was more into like Recess though, and it just it mm -hmm. aired on like Disney Afternoon with um, Pepper Ann and a show I liked in Recess. It was just there, okay. The, the version of Doug that's some Doug. Um, so I I found the when there's a Reddit thread dedicated to something, that's when you know <laughs> society is is yeah. is into it. But the Doug's first movie is like vitriol there's so many people that fucking hate it i can't believe it i saw it too i didn't really like it but not not to the point of you going taking to the internet to uh no i don't take to the it. internet for most of my opinions so um the music and the the, little, the theme song and the little riffs um uh were composed by fred newman and when they took him out of the picture, that's when uh, a lot of people think took some of the charm away from uh, Doug. But, uh, oh, Beauty Farm is what Connie went to. A Beauty Farm oh. is worse than Beauty Camp. Beauty <laughs> farm. farm. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Um, so, yeah, I think Doug jumped the shark when it went to brand spanking new Doug, uh, a.k.a. Disney's Doug. Uh, and then we know, I can't wait to ask Mr. Jenkins himself about it, because apparently, I double-checked before I said it, he did not like it either. Okay. Yeah, I didn't want to offend the man before he came on our show. Yes, because we will uh, grovel. Yes, we'll grovel if we have to. All right, here is Squeezer's last pick. Boy, if I get my hands on that little green fink kazoo. <sighs> you called, Buster. Kazoo! Where were you? When? Tonight! When do you think? Boy, do you know what we've been through? Of course not. I've been sleeping. Oh, that's swell. You just take off and sleep whenever you want to, eh? <sighs> well, uh, how can we count on you when we can't count on you? Well, it does present a problem, doesn't it? Why don't you try counting on yourselves? But you said you were supposed to save us, to give us what we want. My dear fellow, I'm not only undependable, but I'm a bit of a kook. That's why I'm here, remember? I'm being punished. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh, look, I don't wish to stay here forever. And since I am supposed to serve you, I will try. But take heed. Don't ask for more than you can handle. You may get it. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs>
Do you think you'll be back? Uh, I don't know. Why did you punish us with this extra long clip? <coughs> How do you not love the Great Gazoo? Or, or don't you? Here's the thing. I don't know if I do or not. I just know. I just know it because it's been parodied so much. Yes. Um. So I came in with one preconception. Uh, is that a word? It's a word, right? All right, good. Um, of where I was going with this, and then the more I watched it. And the more I read on the backstory of it, I'm almost okay with him now. And now the whole idea, that fact that you just, in the last season of a show, you throw in a tiny green space alien that grants you magical wishes and that only the main character can talk to. All right, yep, that is clearly jumping the shark. Yep. It absolutely is jumping the shark. And it undermines the whole premise concept of the show to begin with of... What's the point of you being in the Stone Age then? It can be any show. If, you know, Does he get do. Fred his Winston cigarettes when he needs? <laughs> I th- I think he granted Fred's wish to quit smoking. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I think the best thing to come out of it though was that Simpsons parody. Uh, Once on, yeah. Of, uh, quiet you. <laughs> <laughs> quiet you. Uh, a tiny green space alien that only Homer can see next season on Fox. Hmm. Um, so. The Great Kazoo, voiced by Harvey Corman, which then led me down another rabbit hole where I was just watching Harvey Corman interviews, and then him and Tim Conway on Larry King. That was pleasurable to watch. It was, I'm serious. It was hilarious. Um, and it was this episode was written by Joanna Lee, who was the second female uh, animation writer uh, in history. It is to believe she uh, she was a comic. She actually started in. Uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh. Yeah. But she made her money as a writer. Um, And they came up, the idea behind the Great Gazoo, and I'm sure you're starting to run out of ideas, but uh, they thought initially it's going to be fun for the kids. The Mm -hmm. kids will like it. And as a kid, yeah, I loved the Great Gazoo. Then as I got older... I was like, wow, clearly you saw what they were doing. This is jumping the shark. But they looked at it in a more meta sense, and they kind of used the Great Gazoo as an inflection uh, of, like, ourselves. And as They actually, like, put thought into developing this character. And he was supposed to be a mirror upon society and all, like, our wishes and thoughts. And it, it was supposed to be kind of like a give Fred a chance to, you know, kind of show kind of the the urkel and stefan thing like you get the the best of this and um so yeah fred you know we we get that the the positives and the negatives and it's supposed to be a little deeper and you're supposed to you know it's supposed to be for a mature audience as well i don't know if the execution was as well as it could have been in throwing in a little green space alien into a show about people living with dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is, if the Great Kazoo just had his own show, or has own little like shorts or spots, uh, or you throw him in with like the Wacky Racers or some or you know something like that, I would I love him because as a character, I think it's so silly. His Harvey Corman plays him just perfectly. You know the way the the dialogue, the, his 
cadences, his, his accent. I think he's a funny character. I just thought throwing him into the Flintstones felt weird. I almost feel like if you would have thrown him into the Jetsons, it would have made more sense because he's an alien. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I I wanted to come in <laughs> hating on the little guy, and I left uh, with an understanding. And I came out with, with some empathy for the little guy. Not sympathy, but empathy. And I, I love, I absolutely, I love the Great Kazoo as a character. That does not mean that they didn't jump the shark throwing him into the Flintstones. Okay. That's fair enough. Jump the shark. I, uh, as a kid watching it, because they, they would play out a sequence on like Cartoon Network. Yeah. So you never knew. Yeah. Yeah. But jump, you know, that's what I'm saying. And uh, it was only for, it was only in like 11 episodes. So yeah, was the Tori. There you go. Yeah. I guess that's a rule. Like you have to be in only like, you know, some teen episodes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, on to my last. Speaking of uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, my last pick uh, is this. Now... Some people will argue that Seinfeld jumped the shark when the, in the last season's ridiculous and the second last season, like Little Jerry and all the antics, like Kramer, uh, Newman trying to eat him because Kramer uh, butter baits himself. I loved all that stuff. I thought that was great. I didn't think Seinfeld jumped the shark until the very last episode. I absolutely agree with you. It was such a, a, a out there. And I know their point was to try and get all the guest stars that made the show what it was back on and tell all those stories over again but it was just so not Seinfeld and so much that Jerry himself has originally said he liked it and then gone on to say well maybe we could have done something better yeah they should have just done an episode it didn't have to be a finale mm-hmm. that's Seinfeld yeah it's about nothing yeah I, I think by making the show bigger than it is than the show was like you almost made it like this is like a little film or a movie. like making the stakes so high and right. like and, and they did that well when they did the keys part one and two like the the cliffhanger with kramer goes out to la mm-hmm. but there was so sign feldian the way they did that yeah. because it was still about nothing yeah. <laughs> nothing happened no story happened no plot progressed the mm-hmm. characters didn't become better people or change who they were fundamentally at the end of it and not saying that they did because they're still talking about the buttons in the jail cell at the end. But, I mean, come on. Even David Chase said maybe Sopranos should have ended with my characters in jail and S- Seinfeld should have ended with a blackout in the diner. <laughs> <laughs> it would have actually made sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I didn't think. Uh, now, Larry, they brought Larry David back. He didn't write the last season. Now, I'm going to tell you some of the episodes of Seinfeld uh, last season where people think, uh, some people were arguing that uh, it, it jumped the shark in um, season nine before. So the butter shave, which I talked about, the voice, like the hello, the serenity now, where he breaks all the computers, the blood in the car. Oh, yeah. Mandelbaum, uh, the junk mail, uh, the Merv Griffin show set, which is one of my favorites. That's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. It, it's it's so absurd, but it's still within re because it's not like. He found it in the dumpster. 
Yeah. So that makes perfect sense. It's completely legit. Because I'll tell you what, I know a guy that if he found the Merv Griffin set in his dumpster, in a dumpster, he's going to take it back to his house and set it up. Who's this? It's me. Oh. <laughs> it's true. This is me too. The slicer, when Kramer gets the industrial, that's a great Again, one. Again, I'm trying to Pimple buy a popper quarter MD. cow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want a meat slicer. We're going to need a case of uh, Kaiser rolls. I'll check the supply glass. <laughs> the warehouse shutter <laughs> the betrayal which is a, a great episode it's all backwards in india um the the apology the strike the apology was with um what's his name from um james spader with oh, the rum right, raisin yeah. and the, your bulbous head went through my wonderful cashmere sweater and stretched <laughs> it out i'm sorry it did that uh the strike let me see. Uh, remind you, the strike was um, Tim Watley's Hanukkah party, and they meet the man Denim Vest, and Kramer goes back to work for the bagel company that he was striking on, and um, Denim he gives she gives Denim Vest her phone number. You remember this one? Yeah. Yeah. Kramer's working at the bagel company. It's the it's the the strike is I think it's the Festivus episode. Yes. Yeah, the human fun, the Festivus mm-hmm. episode. So yeah, the strike brought us Festivus. And people are saying that this is a these are jump the shark moments or Yeah, because it was so like ridiculous. But the, these are a lot of like quotable episodes that people adore too uh-huh. at the same time. The dealership, uh, which is a great one where, where Putty's a car dealer and the high fives and like, I I had the roast beef. <laughs> like these might be a little over the top, but it was still all within like the vein. It felt like a Seinfeld episode. That last one doesn't feel like a Seinfeld right. episode. The reverse peephole, the cartoon, the strong box. That's with the bird, I think, eating. George tries to break. Oh, the cufflinks in the strong box. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, the wizard. Uh, he gets that little um, knockoff Rolodex with the tip calculator, mm-hmm. the wizard, for his dad. Uh, the burning, uh, that's when uh, Elaine thinks Putty is religious after finding Christian Rock Station. Um, well, what else is this? Uh, George plays uh, Kramer and Mickey Abbott get a gig playing sick medical students. Oh, the gonorrhea, right. Mickey and Kramer are assigned bacterial meningitis and gonorrhea, respectively. And I think this is the one where um, George is leaving on a high note. Uh, when he said there's no small actors, just small small roles of small actors. And he keeps leaving on the high note. And mm-hmm. at the end, it's just him left in the, in the, the meeting. Um, the bookstore. Uh... It's the, that's the one that opens the montage of what Kramer does at Jerry's place when he's not home. <laughs> Riding his bike around mm-hmm. the apartment and doing a stand-up, a, a Jerry stand-up impression. Great stuff. And uh, this is when they catch Uncle Leo shoplifting at the um, bookstore. And uh, Kramer and, and Newman try to start the rickshaw business. These, uh, these are all great. Yeah. The Frogger, one of my favorite episodes where... That was season nine? Yeah. The Maid, where uh, Jerry hires a maid and starts sleeping with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but I think Kramer... 
Uh, that's when George gets tries to get his nickname turned to Tubo, uh, changed to T Bone. T Bone. Yeah. My God, there is like this whole season is. This is the last season. Yeah. Then the last episode before the the clip show was the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Wow. Yeah. Great episode. And even season eight was kind of ridiculous. Well, it's ridiculous, but it's strong. I mean, these yeah. are all great episodes that they were going out on top. And, that, well, that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, it's just, it is weird. Like, it just, yeah, you don't know how, especially that kind of show. You want, you don't know how to end it. You want to <coughs> end it special when really, you sh- yeah, you shouldn't have. should have just ended with them just sitting there doing nothing. It should have been the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Yeah. Well, then that, that would have been a great way to go out because that would be very clear. Oh, we just got... Just go out and get canceled, mm-hmm. rather than end the series. What? The Puerto Rican Day Parade special. Just rather, end, just go out on that note, on a controversial note. Be like, oh, show's over. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, that's... Did they edit that out, or did they just not show it at all anymore? What's that? The Puerto Rican Day Parade one. What are they? With, with Kramer at the flag. Oh, they edit that out? Mm-hmm. Really? I, I I think they either edit it out or they don't air it anymore, well, depending on controversy. The Puerto Rican Day was pray uh, the Puerto Rican Day was criticized not only for the flag burning incident, but also negative portrayal of Puerto Ricans, such as the scene where an angry mob of parade goers damages Jerry Carr and Kramer Kramer later utters, "It's like this every day in Puerto Rico." <laughs> um, I I know it's it's just being funny. I know. But people were offended. The episode sparked angry letters, protests, and complaints from Puerto Rican activists. They pulled it from summer repeats and also omitted it from the syndicated rerun package. But in 2002, it was added. I know I've seen it. Okay. I mean, yeah, I've seen it again before, but I know they, there was some upheaval. For me, the, the flag burning, if, if you look at that and you're offended by it, you... Stop that! The, the intention behind it's hilarious right. because it's so wrong and over the top. Right. Because if if you if and he wasn't Kramer, doing it maliciously. Yes. He's if just an Kramer idiot. went and did something and said something racist and malicious <laughs> intentionally to hurt someone's feelings, okay, you can be upset over that. But he would he never, never do, do that. that. No. So by accidentally setting the flag on fire and people taking it out of context and then stomping on it in the gutter and people taking it out of context, that's what makes it funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Seinfeld last episode. I mean, it's pretty amazing for a show to go in its entire run and not jump the shark to the last episode. Yeah. And maybe that, in hindsight, you look back and go, that is the most Seinfeld thing that you could do. Mm-hmm. Jump the shark. Yeah, it's very meta. It is. Uh, so this was fun talking Jump the Shark. Yeah. We went for a while. I didn't think we were going to have much to talk about, but it turned out if I just rattle off premises to episodes, <laughs> you're like, I remember that one. Uh, it's that, fun. Is that, is that your, your new MacGyverism? Yeah, but I, it's it's fun to watch <laughs> and see if you remember or not. I don't remember much of anything ever. I get that from my mom. She, did you watch Dallas? Yes. Do you remember when that happened? No. I'm like, yeah. All right, well, it's the one thing you would remember. <laughs> yeah. So uh, keep visit us on radiers.com to see my lack of blog posts for the summer vacation. Summer's going too quick. It is. Going I'm gonna. I, I'm. We've got a big mu- music fest going, and while I'm sitting at the main stage, while bands are sound checking, I'm mm-hmm. going to make it my priority to write a blog every day to get at least so it looks when people go back, it looks like I wrote a lot. There you go. <laughs> summer vacation. Uh, 
but also make sure you check radiers.com and look on the, the post about free pins because there's a handful of sets left. You can get your free Squeezer and RK pins. Show everybody that you listen to the Radiers podcast. I throw a couple extra goodies in there with them. We got a new pin for sale coming soon. It's going to be awesome within about a month. Um, we also got some other stuff in the pipeline. So keep checking us out on Instagram and radiers.com. And keep listening to Radiers podcast. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. See you later.